wonderful to be here with you. I uh, apologize in advance that I have to leave so quickly after the service this afternoon, but I need to make it in time for my flight to get back home. It's special for me to be here. I was realizing just now as we were singing that this church, though I've been here only a few times, this was one of the first places that I was invited to preach away from my home church very early on in my uh, practice of, of preaching. And uh, I still remember that that time I was able to come, and it's really special to be here with you. And I hope, hope that I can be an encouragement to you as much as you've been to me. I want to start by looking at an event that's recorded in Luke chapter 1 concerning another, another husband and wife, another couple that were God's children who God used in a powerful way in the history of his working with his people. And that is Zacharias and Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1, the parents of John the Baptist. It says of Zacharias in verse 5 of Luke chapter 1, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. It was not really conscious on my part to choose two different messages that revolved around uh, a barren woman that gave birth to a son in a miraculous way. But God seems to like to use the barren woman because, perhaps for other, uh, among other reasons, because it displays that God is always able to do the impossible thing, that God is able to do what's impossible for man. Here we have another godly uh, husband and wife who are barren, and uh, it, it says that they're old. And it's announced to Zacharias that his wife, Elizabeth, will bear his son. And this is a very familiar story. And this son was John, who would grow up to be John the Baptist, the one who would announce the coming of the Messiah Jesus, that would be his forerunner, that would prepare the way for him. I want to look at something that's said here that I find very powerful and hopefully encouraging to you. When the angel appears to Zacharias, he says, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. I want to look at prayer and encourage you in prayer. It's surprising to me a little bit that this is what the angel would say to Zacharias. For this reason, because Zacharias and Elizabeth were old. They had been uh, many years without a child. So, I would think that there's really two possibilities for the prayers of Zacharias that seem 
probable to me. One is that Zacharias was such a faithful person in prayer that for all those years, Zacharias never gave up praying for the thing that he desired. God, in answer to their prayers, gives them a son, John. That's possible. It's possible that Zacharias had continued to pray even after it had seemed impossible. There's another possibility which I find to be more likely, which is that Zacharias had stopped probably a long time since to continue to pray for that specific thing. But nonetheless, God heard his prayers all those years ago. In either case, it teaches us something about God and prayer. It teaches that God gives ear and hears our prayers to him. Whether Zacharias had been faithful to continue to pray all those years or it had been many decades since Zacharias had come before the Lord and prayed that God would open his wife's barren womb and cause her to give birth, in either case, God heard his prayer. God heard the prayer. He says, Zacharias, thy prayer is heard. I want to encourage you today, you can have confidence that God hears your prayers regardless of the results that you see because sometimes, sometimes it is a great amount of time before the answer to those prayers becomes manifest. Sometimes the answer to those prayers is never fully revealed to us our sight. Sometimes it is after a great time. Sometimes it is right away. But it is not what we see that is the measure of whether or not God has heard our prayers. God hears our prayer. I want to encourage you in prayer. I know this is, is a time for you where you're seeking direction from the Lord, seeking direction for the path of your life, seeking direction for the path of this church. I want to encourage you to pray as Jesus encouraged his disciples to pray, to pray without giving up, to pray persistently, to pray continually, and to pray believing that God answers that prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6 is where Paul is bringing this beautiful letter to the Ephesians to its close. Paul has reminded the Ephesians, he's taught the Ephesians about the glorious work of salvation that God had done in them, about how God was building up his church, how God was uh, taking of Jew and Gentile and uniting them together and making one new man, how God desired them to live in their families, among their neighbors, among their churches, how God was uh, instructing them to, to live in this new life that God had given them. And then he says in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We need the strength of the Lord. God chooses people that are weak, people that are afraid. He says, fear not, again and again in the Scriptures, because we're afraid. He, he tells us to be strong because we're weak in ourselves. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. He encourages them to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And if we take that seriously, what Paul is saying here, then we cannot be complacent 
thinking that we're just going along and, and what we do and what we think and our prayers that they don't matter. We are in the midst of a warfare, of a battle. There is a warfare going on. The, the powers of wickedness, the powers of Satan are not sleeping, are not slumbering, but he is working to oppose the work of God. And that's not said to make us despair or to make us tremble at the power of Satan, but to make us be on our guard and be ready to fight in this warfare. If we are equipped with what God has given us, we don't have to fear. We can be bold because greater is he that is with us than he that is with the devil. The power that God has given us is powerful and God conquers Satan. But he calls us, he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Your life, God has placed you in, in the midst of a warfare. And whether you are uh, preaching the gospel, witnessing to people, or just working your job, or, or raising your families, or interacting in your relationships, in all these things, you are uh, at a place where Satan might seek to fight against you and to overthrow you and turn you aside, but God has equipped us with what we need for this battle. He says, Take upon you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I'm not going to do it today, but certainly time could be spent looking at all these things and how Paul uh, just unfolds in this glorious picture the way that God has armed us for this battle, for this spiritual warfare. He's given us everything that we need. And we won't take time to, to unfold this, but I will point out and say that all of these things are, uh, are encompassed in Christ. Christ is uh, the way, the truth, and the life. Christ, it says, is our righteousness. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is our salvation. The name Jesus means Savior. He is the Word of God. All these uh, things that we have, we have through Christ. We're called to put on Christ. And this is a, a glorious and uh, very helpful way of expressing that same idea of being clothed with and being uh, uh, putting on Christ. He says in verse 18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul encourages them to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Prayer is uh, not something that we do for God. Prayer is a gift that God has given us. God has given us the privilege to come before Him with our concerns, with our fears, with the things we're thankful for, and the things that we're uh, troubled by, the things that make us happy, the things that weigh us down and worry us. We're told, be anxious for nothing, 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto the Lord. We are called to be a people that are praying people. It says when Zacharias was going in to offer incense, that the people were outside and they were praying. Incense is uh, used in the Bible symbolically as symbolic of prayer. In the book of Revelation, it talks about the incense coming up and it says the incense is the prayers of the saints. It comes up before God. We're given uh, these pictures and these descriptions and these uh, teachings so that we might have the confidence and the hope to know that our prayers, they don't just uh, hit the roof and go no further, that they ascend up before God like that incense coming up. They're a sweet savor to Him. He receives and hears prayers. It says of Cornelius in Acts 10 that when the angel appears to him and God arranges for Peter to come and preach the gospel to him, one of the things that is said to Cornelius when the angel comes is, God has heard your prayer. So I encourage you to pray. And I won't say really much more about that, but I'll I'll say a few things on a more personal note, having uh, been part of a small church that for for about nine years was uh, without a pastor. We we were constituted in 2001, I believe, 2002, sorry, 2002. Then for about nine years, we were without a pastor. During that time, we decided that the most important thing that we could do, in addition to trying to arrange and do everything that God you know, would, would show us to do, was that we would pray. And so we set aside a special time, and every month we would come and we would have a time of prayer, and we pray specifically for that need. Whatever the need is, you know, we should lift those specific needs up to the Lord. And we prayed, and during that time, you know, it, was, it was a long time without a pastor, and that was our situation, and it was unique. And we had many visiting preachers come, and in a way, it was a very special time too. We got to meet a lot of we got to meet a lot of people from around the country. We got to know, got connected with other churches. We had the opportunity to be taught by many different men of God that came and preached to us. And none of those none of those men that came, God called to be our pastor, but God answered our prayer for a pastor and did it in a strange and surprising way as the church about two years ago called me to pastor the church. And so I just share that to encourage you. Sometimes it's hard to see what God's doing, but we're called to be faithful, to trust in Him, and to continue to pray and make our requests known to Him, knowing that He he hears your prayers and He intends good for His people and He'll guide you and direct you. Just continue to come to Him, continue to seek His will, His direction, and for Him to provide for your needs, and I know He will.